So- hey, everybody, and welcome to the Not Boring Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Redman, founder of YourV1.com. This is not suits and handshakes business. This is not boring business. Let's go. great for entrepreneurs but really is for me like i'm the other main audience yeah dude i always say that like uh i think in one of my podcasts i told everyone that i'm only doing this for me and my wife yeah like if she gives me a bad like report yeah like i fucked up yeah you know what i mean like i'm sure my husband i'm not listen. entertaining my <laughs> yeah yeah, one yeah. Of, if i'm not entertaining myself yeah like that's where i think everyone chases some other thing yeah but like for me it's about getting in like it's weird when i started this like in 2017 i think i tried to start do you wear them throughout oh yeah i wear them throughout oh it sounds cool oh i never wear mine i'm not used to it how do you sound to yourself um i'm not sure i'm not talking uh right now i i (sighs) do you feel good about it no i'm not sure i like listening oh how you listen to yourself on the record yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't wear these when I record. <laughs> okay, and so I'm not used to. It's a it. different sensation. It's like you're in a real studio, though. Yeah, you know, I noticed because I just listened to your podcast with um, Kara. Yeah, Kara Norman. She's good from Upfront. Yeah, we have a slow start, but she's good. It was. It was. I thought it was pretty good. You know what's funny about podcasting is. You think as like a podcaster, like it's your face, it's your vision, it's your dream. But like at the same time, you're your own worst critic. Yeah, totally. I didn't take away that it was, it started slow. Oh yeah. Like it started, I guess, uh, I guess like any podcast, like there's no rhyme or reason. Totally. To any of this working out. There's no formula. No, I know. That's why it's fun. I used to have some guy, I had some guy on the podcast tell me, um, he goes, you really need to like give a good introduction for your your guests yeah and i go i don't, don't want to do that yeah <laughs> right like i normally normally speaking it's weird because like we do have a little we have a crux audience of like anywhere from like 300 to like a thousand or 1200 people mm-hmm. that will like listen to this constantly yeah and i think they 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 don't show up for the guests they just show up because it's like the jeremy redmond show yeah you know, it's like, kind of entertaining though, right? Yeah. It's like, I, it, it is weird because a lot of times you get people who come on and kind of clam up because hmm. I just don't care about like what this person wants to care about or like how the ecosystem right. is, which I want to definitely get your opinion on. Yeah. Like, everything that's happening in startup land, since you're a podcaster coming on, why don't you give Not Boring Nation just a little bit of a background of who Minnie Ingersoll is? Sure. Uh, so I grew up in Southern California. I grew up in Pasadena, but man, it's different being back as an adult. Um, so grew up in Pasadena and then I went to Silicon Valley in the nineties and studied computer science, which was fantastic. And, uh, my parents are academics. And so I, like, I just really didn't want to be in like the academic world of like just the ivory tower type stuff. And, uh, computer science was where all this stuff was happening. So I just want to be like where things were happening. 
and uh, and stayed in Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah. Did uh, joined Google in 2002, which was okay. great. It was 500 people. Whoa! Yeah. yeah, you saw some cool shit. Oh my gosh! Totally. I mean, and all this stuff that you can't get away with now, right? Uh, sure. So not everything was a Twitter war. Like, uh, no. You know what I mean? Like you could go under the. Oh, I guess I I'm taking that comment as like uh, you could hide more. Yeah. And, and no one knew that everyone was going to, there just wasn't the scrutiny. And so, like, it could be like, we're going to go to Burning Man together mm. with the company yeah. uh, in ways that you just can't do now. How long did you stay there? Uh, well, so when I left, I had been a third of my life. Oh. Yeah. Anywhere, anything you do for a third of your life. So I stayed almost 12 years. I left when I was 36. So it was already public, though, when you were on. Right? No. Well, I mean, when I joined, no. It was a couple oh. of years away, pre-going public. Wait, when did I, why did I think two, 20, 2001 or two it went? But it went three or four, right? 2004, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, so my first job. So you cashed out. Uh, I mean, ca- well, like if you cash out too early, I mean, that, that was sure. the big, oh, all my friends who cashed out too early. Our that fucking, was, our, yeah, yeah oh, now. Totally. Oh, sure. I think we went public and it was like $30. So a lot of people s- sold a lot sure. at 30. Right. Um, and now it's, I don't know, a thousand something, something. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, the big, <clears throat> the big secret to success was not selling. In fact, I tell my friends who are at like the Twitters and the Facebooks or whatever, when they go public. I say sell half, whatever, periodically sell half of what you think you want to sell. Get a little cash. Yeah, but that way you're happy whether it goes up or down. Tell me this, like, I, cause uh, I think that's a really good anecdote because uh, it's, it's about like belief in the company, right? Like further belief. Like if you cash out, it's a very short term, like I'm done. But if you believe the company will skyrocket still and keep growing, yeah. the smart, prudent decision is to keep it in. Yeah, okay, so some of it's your belief in the the company, but some of it's just your own life, which is mm. going from negative 50K to positive, you know, 500K. Mm. That might be worth doing even if you believe in the company. Like, Yeah, sure. Like getting half a million dollars is getting half a million dollars or, or whatever. So, I yeah. mean, some of the calculation is, is where you are personally. Okay, so from Google, you... Spent, so I stayed. You stayed at <laughs> Google stayed. for eight years? So for Nine almost years? 12 years. Oh, my God. That's right. Okay, that, okay. That's that third of that Wait, life. Wait, did you go right from Google to 10110? <laughs> no. Oh, but, okay. Uh, no, but I mean, it was, you know, doing anything for a third of your life. But Google, it doubled in size every six months when I started. So oh, come on. That has got to be one of the greatest, coolest. But such a rare thing to see yeah i mean but and the thing that people always say is what you just said especially when i was there so in like 2006 or some like heyday before tech became kind of the enemy people would say like isn't it the greatest thing um you know you've got massage you've got sushi (laughs) chefs like google's like the this dream place to work and the truth is like it was still a place to work at times right like your product's behind schedule you're working 70 hours a week and Absolutely. you don't like your boss or your boss doesn't like you or you know right it's still the co- it's still uh i mean would you call that i would call this like corporate yeah i mean even when it, there were times it wasn't corporate so a lot of the time i was there you know that pants on fire or whatever that hair on fire something's hair on, on fire, fire. Yeah, something yeah. right um, your body hair my, my is body on fire. hair was on fire <laughs> <laughs> um so during that time um, it wasn't necessarily corporate, mm. but there were, it was still hard at times. Like there were some of the time it was awesome, but some of the time it like there were times it still sucked where I was like, 
or I just felt like I wasn't doing well. There were a couple times like my products weren't doing well or, yeah. or you know, especially then when like there got to be a lot of media scrutiny. Like there were times when people were not were not loving the thing you were doing. Right. And so like, and you can't really make up for that by saying, well, there's a free, you know, free lunch. Yeah. As much free lunch. It's still also about like, am I feeling like I'm producing something, well, doing something? Yeah. There's a part of that where it's like they do those things. So you're at the office more yeah <clears throat> right they want because they want you to work more yeah so they they deploy assets toward that yeah toward, to keep you yeah. in the not a prison yeah i mean i the drink, campus i i i like i at this point drank slash chugged the kool-aid mm -hmm. right so um i i do really believe that google was doing things uh because for the right motivations sure so whatever the things were, I do think it was for the right motivations, not like there's a secret, you know, under yeah, mining. Right. No, I agree with that. But yeah, like let's take away so you don't need to leave the campus to go do your dry cleaning. Let's just have the dry right. cleaning brought to your desk. Not that anyone gets dry cleaning anymore, <laughs> right? Like I was, I'm in a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't want to change. So I have this philosophy that I want to take this company public and then I want to get fired. Like I, Yeah. And like, like, a, like a good... PR slash non-PR, like, okay, you, yeah. it's been two years, the company's public, you yeah. shouldn't have said that in public. And then I just go, oh, fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just go. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I have that, I don't want to change how I wear yeah. things or do things. <clears throat> and it's, like, only good to a certain level. Have you ever witnessed a founder that you've invested in or, like, who has held on to that belief, their entrepreneurial belief? But, like, as you go... As you as you make a company and that company grows larger and larger and larger, there's no choice but to adapt. Like you see what happens with like uh, Uber and Travis Kalanick, where his kind of bravado echoed throughout the company. It got to a certain stage, and then uh, you get the boot because that PR bullshit. You know yeah. What I mean, <clears throat> have uh, you ever had that firsthand? Um. Well, I mean, to, to go back to your point about like going public and then getting fired, I also kind of think the world is catching up like mm -hmm. in in the like today's public companies. You can I mean, you can be a public company CEO in your grungy T-shirts or whatever. You Not, think it's you can get away with it? I think increasingly yeah. so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and that's kind of a fun thing is I that think is the fun. world is changing. Yeah. You know, I think everyone, I mean, I was on the USC campus and everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, Yeah. which doesn't mean they necessarily are all going to start companies, but it means this notion of having big business where you wear a suit and you have a 20 year lease on your office building. I think it's just changing. Sure. And that's fun. Not yeah. <clears throat> I think all the time that like one of the biggest things for me, like people are like, do you need an office with just, you know five employees do you need these things like six whatever it is <clears throat> do you need an office on sunset boulevard and i'm like growing up when i was a 10 11 12 like that an office to me was being was one of those rites of passage when you become an entrepreneur i've wanted to be an entrepreneur more than i wanted to breathe yeah since i was like nine or ten yeah do you have business cards I have business cards. I, <laughs> I had business cards when I was like nine or 10 as well. Yeah. That I would funny. like mock up and have my grandpa print off. I was just always selling shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I knew my path was going to be different. And an, an office space was one of those things that I want. I know there's kind of like this uh, this tone and tenor where like you, you don't need to come to the office. You can work remote. That is something that is so near and dear to me. I think there's a good like... Uh, 
Have you have you noticed anything with your portfolio companies or any companies that you've seen or helped or advised where office space kind of makes the difference or there is a true uh, value to having office space versus like working remote? Um, well, what I was going to say is like the whole entrepreneurialness is so much a choose your own adventure and i think it's it's nice to make like the default choice mm. so that your default choice you don't have to spend time on the stuff that you don't want to spend time on and your default choice can just be every day i get up i go to the office um if that's like the right default for you um but uh but i like i think it's also interesting to think like the things that don't work for you like challenge every assumption and if it's not working for you like well maybe it doesn't need to be this way. Let's yeah. all be nocturnal and maybe that'll work better for us or whatever. Right. It's like being authentic. Yeah. Like what it, don't try to be someone or oh whoever God. you like it's witness. It's my number one advice for people pitching us yeah. for d- pitching us as like a VC fund is like don't give me the slides that you think <laughs> I want. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Oh, I'm pulling this up. I'm pulling it up an internal email. I will show you. I will forward you this internal email where uh, I did a pitch competition. Yeah. And they gave me, it was at this like thing last summer or whatever, and they gave me rules on how to like, what slides impress investors. And I go, I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah. I am not having slot. I will sell and tell the story of my company the way I'm going to do it. Because all I know is one, one bet, the backbone of me being here and having an office and having, and like, because we haven't raised a lot of money and we have just like the expert dojo yeah. funds that we got and how we met. And I, th- I thought to myself, the one reason I'm here and so many other people have quit is because I've, I've been myself in whatever journey w- early on when I started, like I, I was trying to be whatever I thought an investor wanted to see or an advisor wanted to, see, or like these other companies trying to mimic. And I go, and I kept losing. Yeah. And I'm like, no, some people might hate me for yeah. being a little how I am, but you'll find the ones that you get along with like you that will love you and support you and you'll go back, you'll have charming back and forth. Yeah. So like that to me is a is a key variable to success. And you kind of never know. Like it's, you you might build your rapport with an investor not because you built the slide that I hate the the most is like the Tam, Sam, Tom slide. <laughs> okay. I forget what they all stand I don't, for. I don't have that. But you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like the bubbles. Yeah, right. But the Oh, the concentric circles. Yeah, whatever. Oh, I don't I know. I love this. Uh, you yeah. love it? No, no, no. I love that you're <laughs> shitting on it. Oh, it's the worst. That's what's great. You know why it's the worst? It's because these entrepreneurs feel like they need to make it. Right. And they have no heart in it. Yeah. They're doing it because they think they need to make it. And then it's like a waste <laughs> of time. And it always wastes everyone's time. Um, but instead, you and I met kind of randomly, and then there's an interesting overlap, like in real life. Yeah, that's more than you coming and showing me your Tam slide. <laughs> sure, sure, right. Like, but how- we can go through it if you'd like. <laughs> I would like not to show anyone a deck ever. Like, I, I, you know what? I would rather make a deck for like a sale. Yeah. So like, like a college or a university that we're working with versus like a deck for an investor. But I guess that brings up a, a good little topic that I wanted to touch on is what kind of entrepreneur or what kind of venture do you look for to invest? Um, 
And what kind of stands out? We got what doesn't stand out, doesn't make it helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, usually what I say is we tend to invest in software and data where software and data are modes. But really, the, the better answer, and, and you're just making me think of it, is I do tend to, in, we tend to invest and I tend to invest in things that like resonate for me. Mm. And that happens to be my background's in computer science. I spent a third of my life at Google and then I have been building software businesses. So it's just like, it's easier for me to understand, like, and if you're building a D2C consumer brand, I can barely, we can barely brand our own fund. Mm. So it just doesn't resonate. So the reason I tend to invest in software companies is I, I lived across, this, I live across the street from Caltech. I've grown uh -huh. up with nerds my whole life. Yep. Like if you're kind of nerdy and you built something kind of nerdy, <laughs> I kind of think it's cool. Yeah, right. And in LA, it's weird being back in LA because there's so much more like glitz and glamour here. Yeah. And it doesn't resonate with me. <laughs> like, I just feel like, oh, wow, these people have fancy shoes on in L.A. Like, <laughs> and I, like, retreat back to my Caltech nerd friends yep. um, because it's just like it, it. So that's me. We tend to invest in things that resonate, that catch our attention because we're like, oh, what a great nerdy thing they've built. How are the deals sourced for you guys? I mean, there's still essentially an avalanche of inbound. <laughs> yeah. Like people looking at the site and going, hey, I want to connect. You know, it's not the site usually, but oh. it's still just like, it's like boulders falling on yeah. my head all day long. But is that like part of your job is to siphon through that bullshit? Yeah. And it's not bullshit. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, it's almost the reason it's so hard. And this, like, this is like Google being hard, like cry me a river, right? Just <laughs> yeah. tell me, hit the, yeah. hit the buzzer of like cry me a river. <laughs> Every time I say Google ran out of quail for lunch, you just buzz that. Like, oh, it sounds really hard. <laughs> um, but it's not bullshit. Like these are people who are have quit their job and are pouring mm, yeah. their soul into a business. And then if I don't get back to them, it makes me feel bad and, oh. and legitimately feel bad because yeah. these are people and and they've built something real and they built something cool and they've poured their their soul into it. Yeah, yeah. And I forget like and I maybe I even met with them and then forgot to like follow up. That's I feel so horrible and yet. I also have a family and I feel bad if I don't spend time with my kids. And so every day, like I go home and I eat dinner with my kids and I put them to bed. And that means I'm not replying to every email I get. Right. And anyways. So well, again, like, cry me a river. No, well, think about that though. Like it is just the, you have to, how does someone stick out in that noise to you? Right. Like you have, is it, are you saying it's chance that I saw this on the right day and like, it was like the right color you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. And and the big thing, what we try to do is not have it be chance, right? We try yeah. to put in some processes, some criteria, some stuff so that it's not it's not a chance arbitrarily like, you know, you got to me on Friday yeah. and I had a busy weekend and therefore it like we try to be more disciplined, but there is definitely an element of chance yeah, to it. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I also kind of dislike about the business of a VC is that there's still all a huge aspect of the warm introduction, right? Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and it's huge. And it's unfortunate because it means that, um, you know, you grew up with someone, you went to school <laughs> yeah. with someone, like there's all that self-reinforcing stuff yeah. that we're trying, I think, as an industry. And I do think everyone's become more cognizant. Hey, let's move away from that. But at the same time, it's such an easier data point. Like if you just know someone it's a lot easier than to be like to have someone vouch for you and be like, hey, 
I know where this guy is coming from. Right. I know where this girl. Like you should bet on this guy. Yeah, I want. Yeah. It's easier if someone's like, "Come on, Minnie, come on, like, yeah. do it, like, don't miss it." Like, yeah. it just makes it easier. How? At what stage would you say that you get an introduction and you go for it? You're like, ah, but I'm I'm disagreeing with what the metrics are, or do you go completely based on that referral? I mean, the first big one is I don't take a first meeting with ninety percent of the stuff that, oh. or or maybe it's not ninety, but a lot. I look at something and I'm just like, um, you know, and so it's just it's just to get the first meeting. You told me at the very beginning when we first met, you're like, oh, this is cool. But like, you're probably too early for us. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, and that's the other like the too <clears throat> early. I, um, yeah, I, I was trying to think of what I said. To you. I get I, that I, with a lot of funds. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, hey, I listen, I hate this, too. So yeah. like I would like meeting people. Yeah. So if there's anyone that's going to help me that I'm going to slot in later. Yeah. Oh, dude, I would hate the idea of someone sitting or I would ask for advice that I hated asking for advice from. Yeah. So like I want to be choosy. So yeah. I'll hit the metrics in my business that yeah. I know everyone will want to be on. Yeah. And then I'll get to pick. Yeah. So like I want to build that leverage. Like yeah. I want to build a real business, then take money to just pour gas yes. on the fire. Yeah. But so, I mean, that is kind of ideal, which is the building the relationships and uh, and rapport yeah. so that, right, so that when you're actually raising money, it's a different discussion. Yeah, I, the, like a long-term game. Yeah. How would you go about, like, so, say you, you don't know anyone yeah. and you move to L.A. Yeah. What would be your advice for an entrepreneur yeah. to, like, that wants to raise money here? Yeah. I mean, you know what I did is I moved to LA and started a podcast, right? Because you know that that was my yes. that was my mo. Yeah, dude. Good, yeah. I mean, I moved to LA in January or in June. I mean, I I started the job earlier, but I I moved in June and was like, I want to get to know all the VCs. Now yeah. I have a whole different because I've had a whole career in yeah, I've done a lot of angel investing and all that, so I know it's not like. But I essentially was like, oh, I think I can get them to go on my podcast. Now be a great way for me to get to know Absolutely. people. But no, I do think it kind of goes back a to Trojan what you're saying. Horse it is, yeah. but there is an aspect of um, being authentic to yourself. And like, actually, it was suggested to me. Like, we talked about it as a fun. Like, my partner Gil is super data focused, so he's like, I think we should build this amazing resource full of data for all of LA and people will start using this and they'll get to know 10110 and they'll know that we're all about data. And I was like, that's great, but I don't have that vision of building a big data. I didn't, yeah. it wasn't my vision. And for me, I'm like much more social and talkative. And I was like, how about instead of a database, <laughs> I just spend my time talking on podcasts. Yeah, I would say that like, uh, I messed with your personality from yeah. out of the gate. Oh yeah, there's but that. A lot of people, uh, do you ever does that ever turn other people off when you're oh. like okay you're does a little that, too much you, Minnie Jesus did you just ask if my personality turns people off <laughs> yeah mine yes, does. It does yes it does so <laughs> that's what I'm saying and I I like what you're delivering <laughs> yeah but I know there's other people that don't yeah but I think there's two things one they don't all tell me that to my face <laughs> <laughs> I I beg for them to be like yeah dude, he's a little too much yeah no uh I know that I'm a little too much yeah. at times um. But it means that the people who like high energy loudmouth like me a lot. <laughs> will will my thing that will fall on a sword for you? Oh yeah, right. Oh like, yeah, you'll get people that are like, and I think the hate is more like, uh, more more like jealousy wrapped in like a, uh, like a hatred vibe. Oh, you're not as generous as I am. No, honestly, I think there are some people who have low energy, 
and they actually they're like these they might be wonderful peaceful zen people mm. and like i come in like a hurricane right <laughs> they don't want like, the hurricane oh at their God. zen party yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want any kind of rainstorm no here. no it's Man. exciting over here <laughs> and they've got some zen over there <laughs> Uh, I was asking my mom about like whatever, sending my kids to school. I was like, well, someone was asking what was I like in high school or school, and she's like, Minnie got along with everyone except for like the librarians hated her. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, well, you find the people you vibe with. Absolutely, I, yeah. you will na- you will universally gravitate toward those people. Yeah. So uh, like a, a a big part of me is like defining me as an entrepreneur and kind of how I feel about like the definition of an entrepreneur. So like you coming from Google. Mm. I would like I have been no joke. I've made this on the record many a time, like fired from every job. Mm. Like I just can't work for other people, Mm -hmm. which is another reason why I can't. I can only listen to certain people. Mm. And I've now filtered it down to the only people I will listen to are people who have some form of skin in the game. Mm. Like they've either bought from me. Mm. So they're a customer. I will force advisors to buy at least if you don't want to cut a check you're going to be a customer, hmm. right? So you're going to buy from me. Then you'll give me your real, unadulterated, unfiltered opinion and we'll, we'll build a true foundation hmm. of like learning and understanding with one another. Hmm. So how that is my definition of an entrepreneur. I can't work for other people. It's hard for me to like, I, it needs to be, I'm a team player, but it needs to be my team. Why can't you get advice like... Um uh, I mean, I always say, here's mine, is take what works, leave the rest when I'm getting mm, advice from sure. someone. Like, th- I feel like there are these people, they don't have to have skin in the game. I don't have that as any sort of Interesting. criteria. Yeah. I just have a, uh, pour it on me, and like sometimes I'm like, oh, it's such bullshit, such bullshit. Yeah. But if there's 20%, 10%, 5 that makes me think. Yeah. I think it goes back to the numbers game. Mm. Like there's 5 to 10% of those people that are good companies that you just, you might not be able to respond to. Yeah. And if you leave it open for yeah. anyone to give you their opinion, yeah. it'll become deafening. Yeah. Right? Like everyone gets on, like I go to these investor showcases. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> is like, these are, oh, great. Let's follow up. Let's meet. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. Okay, well. Uh, I kind of, I'm filtering them out. Yeah. Like, are you real? Are you not? I've chased so much dumb bullshit. Yeah. That I go, okay, how do I, how do I really get these people's real opinion that they really are? They really do think this way or X or Y or Z. Yeah. And I go, I don't know. I, I'll tell you a little story. Yeah. Little story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I first launched my first company that we kind of built into like, like a six figure company. Yep. I released a thing called like a drink subscription mm-hmm. and I gave it free to 30 people. And then we got, uh, those were like the beta users. And then we got three or 400 paid people at 20 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Now, how many, and then how the drink subscription worked was for every five drink, you would get five drinks a month for free. You upload your receipt, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, the 30 free people that I gave it to for free, guess how much feedback, guess how many people used it? Uh, fewer of the free people used it? Correct. Yeah. Zero. Zero. Okay. Now, guess how many people out of the 386 used it every single month? Uh, I have no idea. 386. So, like, when huh. you pay for something, right. you equivocate some value to it. 
Yeah. And I now, that was a couple years ago. It yeah. was three years ago. Yeah. Now that is my philosophy rolled into how I take advice, how I take feedback. Every, you got to have some skin in the game. Okay, okay. But here would be the other one. Uh, counterpoint a little Good. bit, which is when people give me something... It's not like give me something for free, like I'm an end consumer, but like let's put my VC hat back on. But when someone, not even VC, when someone goes out of their way to do something for you, really nice, like really thoughtful something, you then feel more just it's that social obligation, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I gotta, I gotta do something nice back. Um, And so the entrepreneurs who give me these elaborate free things, I'm not saying that that's a good thing to do, but I then like, I have, I feel, I feel like, uh, like I ought to be doing something in return. So there is something to the, and it's not about giving something free, but doing something. When someone goes out of their way to give you their time. Yeah. Okay. You want to reciprocate. I guess if, I mean, someone, if someone reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, let's meet for coffee. But I'm telling you the next thing out of my head is, uh, yeah, you ever, you know what I get a lot? Mm. Can we demo this? And I go, Everyone can demo this. You just go buy it. I literally say, are we, we have something so valuable. I'm not going to give it to you for free. You're going to see so much. Can you imagine though, the impact or the magnitude that if an investor or an advisor or whoever, if I didn't give it, if they liked it so much that they actually wanted to try it so much that they went and bought it. Sure. Then I can go to every other person and go, Everyone on this, it literally, I've had legit. It's a better story for me. I know it's that you have. If it your works good for you, no, I'm just like my whole thing is like, as an entrepreneur, you try it. Mm. You try the like, get the investor to pay for it. If the investors aren't paying yeah, for it, it's great. You you know you you so whatever. Like you like then you complain. You're like, oh no, can I just give it to you? I made my first investor buy it. Yeah, like okay. go buy it, go buy it. Great. Like uh, otherwise, you don't need to see. Yeah. So like it's fine. If it works. <laughs> like it's again, it's going back to my authenticity. Like yeah. I can't deviate from this now. Yeah. I'll build you a mammoth company. Sit back. Let me give you some ROI. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. let me do me. Yeah. And then that's how we will both grow. Yeah. Uh, I know we want to be cognizant of your time, but I have one more question for oh, you. sure. That um, I wrote down. Great. Uh, okay. The, just the, the, the ecosystem, right? Yeah. That's like happening now with all the ipos that are not performing as well i think like anyone could have seen this we work bullshit happen <laughs> agreed you know what i mean like what do you think investors chase in that like it's a real estate company yet like 47 billion down to like nine like where lyft uber paleo all these Peloton, whatever all these startups are that are like now IPOing, yeah, is there going to be a trend or a shift in how people look at investments? Are they going to go after profit now? Like how how fast can we turn a profit versus growth over everything else? Yeah, uh, uh, there's a lot in there. There's many different aspects. I mean, I think one thing that's interesting is you know thinking as a VC, the VCs, the companies outgrow the VC. Like there's an aspect of we do seed financing. The VC funds have a lot of power or something, but you see these companies grow and the power dynamic shifts a lot in these later stage growth things. Uh-huh. And the VCs get nervous about losing like their observer seat. I, like there's a little, I, I don't want to name situations I've seen, sure. <laughs> but as the company gets bigger, um, there's there's a bit of this obsequiousness towards mm. the founder, which we definitely saw with Adam Newman. Right. Um, and so I, 
hopefully, I think that we will see some like bullshit meter called on boards not doing real corporate governance. Sure. Uh, so I think that'll be an interesting, I, I, but I'm not sure it will change because there's still so much money in the market that I don't know that this changes yeah. right now. Um, I do also think that the everyone claiming to be a software company, we might have emperors got no clothes on that one, right? Like, <laughs> sure. are you really sure. a software company? <laughs> right. Um, but but it's still, you know, it is still a, a founder's centered thing yeah. where I mean if you can tell an amazing story because he's still I think Adam was really telling the story of you know the macro trend kind of what I was talking about which is no one wants to sign a 20-year lease anymore right right and so not only is is we getting away from the 20-year lease uh, it's also I think providing I think he talks about like providing the operating system or something yeah, sure. for other. I know. They I can't do it. They all fucking speak <laughs> like that, man. <laughs> They're providing the operating system for all real estate or something. Jesus. What the fuck is an OS for real for estate? Real. I don't know. I don't know, but I was trying. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love you, Wendler. You are I amazing. Tried. I tried. Uh, okay, cool. So you're you're too important to be on here any longer. I'm going to shut you off. I all know right. you could go forever. Yeah. Where can Not Boring Nation find you? I mean, this is too fun. Uh, Probably LA Venture. I mean, that's my podcast and that's where I'm like, that's my side hustle that I'm spending cool. my time on right now or 10110.net that's our website we're easy to find awesome please follow her podcast especially if you're in la i know a lot of we have like half of our listeners are like in la and like the other half are like spread across like everywhere great so like uh please follow la venture podcast her name is Minnie. Minnie ingersoll that's right thank you so much Minnie. thanks jeremy this is great